from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, Chiefs Kingdom. It's Locked On Chiefs, and we have more to go over. The Chiefs are making some tweaks to the roster, adding a couple of players. We're going to get into who has newly signed, who hasn't signed. Then we're going to touch base on what maybe they still need to do, who's out there, who's not and how everything's going to come together. We're brought to you today by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. We're going to get into a number of things as this settling out of the draft now leads to hopefully confirmation of the UDFA class. Um, You heard my talk with Matt Derrick yesterday about some of that group. It is not finalized yet, but they've gone ahead. And what the Chiefs did on Wednesday was make a few signings. Now I'm going to interrupt this and throw this piece back in because we recorded this show a little bit earlier this afternoon and late today it was announced that in addition to the guys we're about to talk about, the Chiefs have signed Kamala Correa, a five-year vet and a guy that has been an outside backer a little bit, a stand-up, a little bit of pass rush. I think he's never really reached his potential, but they're going to give it a shot and see what he has to offer in Kansas City. And then were the rest of the signings that we originally talked about, and that's right here. As we look at them, I don't think anything's really earth-shattering, but there's definitely kind of a theme there. And I think it's guys that have stood out in some other way to them when they were doing something else besides the pre-draft run-up. First and foremost, Will Parks, safety that used to be in Denver. How does that one grab you? Armani Watts needs to be worried about his job. (laughs) That's really about all I can say about it, because uh, at this point, it's one of those things where... He is the fourth safety on the roster, and he has not been able to see the field, uh, which is not a great sign for him. But at the same time, with Will Parks coming in, if he can play, and he's played in the NFL, he's got uh, several years of play of defensive experience, actually getting snaps on defense, which is big. Uh, I think he could make a role here. Yeah, I mean that that experience and experience playing in the West, so that helps you against the other three teams in this division. Uh, clearly, a guy that while may not make the the Broncos roster. They did go DB heavy uh, in the draft and in free agency. They did bring Simmons back. So that roster was a little bit tough to make. I think, like you said, that just adds to the competition. And if that brings the best out of Armani Watts, I'm perfectly fine with that. If if Parks ends up making it, I think you can say that Armani's had a, a fair shake either way. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I don't think that it's... Uh, hard to hard too harsh to say that he should have made an impression by now. If he hasn't, then he's likely not going to. Uh, I would think. What is this going to be? His fourth year going into the into this season. So you know, if he was going to make a step forward, it would have been it would have happened in the past couple of seasons. Now, the more interesting one is, uh, I want to say this right: wide receiver Chris Finky. I think it is. Maybe that E is silent. I don't know. If it's Fink, I apologize. But um, The Slippery Fox. Right. And I want to know how he got that name. I am not familiar with him or how that came about. But um, it evidently was out there as things were moving around. Trevor Lawrence, Ian Book were throwing to him at some point. Um, both obviously went. And I, I told you guys I thought Ian Book was a guy that could make the roster somewhere. And I think he will be a quarterback of the future. So, like, just wide receiver depth at that point. but not necessarily a UDFA. Yeah, and that's interesting. I am curious to see what he's able to do. I can't imagine he's going to end up making the roster. I can't say he's only likely to keep six. And I would think that you've already got five that are pretty much spoken for. 
So going to be very hard to make the roster in Kansas City. Uh, and then, you know, you're looking at the situation and I, I have to chuckle because I saw that. And the first thing I saw or first thing I thought of when I saw his name was Finkel, Ray Finkel. What? <laughs> so my bad. I apologize. But uh, somebody else made that joke as well uh, on the announcement. So, you know, I think that's an interesting signing. And I really hope that we do get to find out what the Slippery Fox is about, because that is definitely something that uh, is curious. Yeah, I'll definitely be looking into it. And there's some guys on the practice squad already that he's going to compete with. I think that's a big plus. And then we take a look. Um, one thing that Nate Taylor actually noted, and I was going to bring this up too, that they're at the 90 man at this point. So that means that they've yep. got the UDFA class. I haven't seen the official announcement for that yet. We'll go over it when we do. But, but it's pretty it, small too. Exactly. And so the, These- rounding it out with uh, guys that you think have the experience, Will Parks in particular screams to me that again, this rookie class is is less um you know trustworthy or the the team has less faith in taking a chance on a rookie than they do somebody they know and have seen in the league. Yeah, and you know, Nate Taylor also said while it's not a foregone conclusion that it's going to happen and nothing's in the works right now, the Chiefs still could bring back Breland. Mm-hmm. I'm really surprised he hasn't been brought back and I'm really surprised that no other team has signed him. I thought he played well enough to at least get a contract somewhere. Yeah, I don't know if it's that Super Bowl hangover, like the lasting bad taste in your mouth from what they saw there or what, but uh, I'm a little surprised, too. I don't too. think he played bad in the Super Bowl, either. I mean, he played great, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Certainly enough to be on a roster, that's for certain. Um, a couple of right. other thing, other little things are going around, and I don't think anybody's done. The Chiefs are going to churn the bottom of their roster as well. Uh, one other interesting note that sticks out to me, we'll start with that coming up next. Hey, Chiefs fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. Get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T. Text DRAFT to 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus text now, and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients, to help you get back in shape, text DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. Nugenics Total T is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. And like the TV ads say, she'll like it too. If you're over 40, don't let age get in the way. Get your edge back with Nugenics. There's a reason Nugenics has been the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC for years. It works. So the thing that stood out to me is uh, a report there that it's still ongoing and they have to kind of make up their mind, but that Chris Ballard and the Colts are thinking about signing Eric Fisher despite the injury and that that's kind of like holding up Charles Leno because that would be another guy that they have interest in. And he may end up uh, roundabout coming to Denver. So it's kind of all tied together based on Fish. Well, and the interesting one on that is the – Situation with Jawan James in Denver, uh, he tore his Achilles, I believe. I thought that was true. Working yeah. out uh, and not even like doing anything he shouldn't be doing, just regularly working out, but it wasn't at the facility. And there's people talking about how they could end up making an example out of him considering what the NFLPA is pushing for right now. Well, and it all comes down to that clause, right? That if you are injured outside of the facility – training in the off season that it, it in his contract. And I don't know if it's common in Broncos contracts or just his, 
that that nulls his guaranteed salary. And, and it could yeah for $20 million almost. Right? That's significant. And I think that's the only reason it sucks to be Juwan, like, especially if the league is trying to push back on the PA uh, by using him as that example. I mean, man, that's a tough one. I don't, I don't know how you cope with that. He may just be out that money, and then the NFLPA is going to have to do something about that as well. Yeah, and this is after he opted out. So Denver signed him to a contract, and he opted out last year. He's ready to come back, and then he gets injured and may not get any of the contract, the $20 million in guarantees that he has. I think this is going to be fascinating to watch, and that's probably not the right word to use. Uh, because it is going to have ripple effects across the entire league, in my opinion, because like I said, the league is looking, some in the league think that they are looking to make an example out of this situation because the NFLPA is trying to go all virtual for anything that is not a mandatory minicamp. Yeah, it just sucks for the player because, I mean... It, well, it really sucks for him. If that happens, that is just unfortunate timing because he didn't do anything to warrant being singled out other than the fact that the PA is pushing on the league and the league is pushing back. And the league should push back. I, you know, I get wanting to do virtual when there's a pandemic going on and I get that there's still technically a pandemic going on, but Treader came out and specifically stated, this is not pandemic related anymore, right? They want virtual meetings. They want virtual workouts. And I'm sorry. I think that that loses things in the wash. And I don't think that you're going to get as good of a product going forward. If you continue to go virtual, the NFL is a year round thing. These guys have had a couple of months off. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be able to live their lives. I'm just simply stating that, you know, you have what six weeks of OTAs or, or whatever. I don't understand why that's something that can't be, why you can't be in town for that. Yeah. And, and, and actually there with your teammates. It makes things difficult. Like Matt had comment on it yesterday that, you know, like Andy Reid would be one to argue that, you know, the not in-person meetings didn't produce better football. Maybe it produced less injuries. We'll see. Like, I don't know that the data is actually hard in one direction or the other on that particular issue. And while I'm all for player safety and, and elongating players' careers in general, it makes it difficult. And I, I feel for Juwan and being stuck in the middle here. At the end of the right. day, I, this this could be the first wave in what is going to end up being a battle between the PA and the league. Yeah, and I get, like I said, I get where players are coming from. It would be great if you could be virtual for a lot of the stuff. But again, and this is the big thing, this is the key with Jawan James. If he was in the facility, he would still be covered. And I'm not saying that that's what caused the injury, that he was in the facility. But what I am saying is that that is written into the contract that if you were at the team facility and you were working out, you are covered. So any argument about possibly getting hurt at OTAs or possibly getting hurt at other things is almost moot in a lot of ways to me because you're sitting there to sit in a situation where if he was at the facility, he would have been fine. Well, and they would have to pay him because of the injury clause. Right, and it's in, it's written in the contract that you and your representative right. signed. So I think everybody knows the risk. There's a couple of guys that have this kind of injury every year when they're trying to be proactive and they're trying to get themselves in improved shape or develop something specific that they want to work on. Like, I don't think that it's, it's fair to, bl- to, you know, not blame, but 
you know, penalize them for trying to improve themselves. It's just unfortunate the language of the contract does that in effect in this case. And maybe that means that that well, language has to be changed in the future. And that's possible. I guess what I would argue on that, though, is that you have to have some kind of language in there because otherwise workouts can be very vague. And then you get down to the nitty gritty of, you know, what if he was doing something that he probably shouldn't have been doing? Like, I don't know, playing basketball or because <laughs> that seemed to be a thing for Patrick Mahomes or, you know, something like that where you're generally not supposed to be doing it. But, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's a horrible situation for James and I feel sorry for the guy. Uh, and honestly, I do think that the league is going to try to push the the Broncos to make an example out of him because, uh, they are going to have a fight on their hands about this issue. And we already know the NFLPA has come out and, and talked about it, that they want to go all virtual. Yeah. So. And so that is the impetus that has everybody which, talking to Fisher. Go ahead. I was just going to say, which is really interesting because we just had a CPA, CBA done, and now they're trying to renegotiate a point that should have been talked about in the CBA. Yeah, I mean, I think they're also to be trying to be reactionary and learn from what the pandemic taught them. Everybody's trying to do that. The league is, the individual organizations are, and I think the PA as well. And I think it's, you know, it's this particular piece of data is kind of leaning in their favor and they're trying to run with it. I can't blame them for that, you know, but whether it's valid or not, whether it actually led to less injuries in the season or not, I think is what it comes down to being key, whether that is measured by individual instances or rehab time or snaps missed you know the metrics are where it gets a little bit foggy because there are several angles that you can take looking at that but at the end of the day it it starts this domino effect and Juwan doing that has led to interest in eric fisher it led to leno being cut prematurely i think in in chicago we'll see what ends up happening (laughs) which is (laughs) funny because i just i just have to say how do you go and cut him I, i mean i understand you just you signed or you drafted Jenkins, but yeah, your offensive line wasn't great to begin with because, because now, and not to jinx Matt Nagy, but what if Jenkins does the same thing next week? I mean, well, it's, it's not just, even that it's, it's you move him to the right side. If you want Jenkins to play left, I mean, yeah. you get better at two positions at that point. It, it is a curious case. And so that trickle down has left the thing, the fact that teams are still looking to improve their roster. That's why Eric Fisher has, interest even though he's injured and that brings us to our next topic we're going to talk about like, what the chiefs can do to still improve this 53 even though they already have 90 and we're going to get into that coming up next bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action football might be over but the nba college basketball and hl are going to be back in full swing and bet online even covers award shows reality tv all kinds of stuff Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices based on whims like the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. 
The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice the money for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. So this is just one, you know, chink. Uh, obviously, the, the Chiefs are building the wall in front of of Patrick Mahomes, and we'll see just how deep that wall is. We've spoken about how how many players are probably going to be on this roster. It might be an extra lineman this year, but there are other places that they can add talent. And I think Parks is an illustration that. I don't think the secondary is quite fully baked at this point, especially if they decide to bring back Bashad Breland. But for right now, they have to be pretty much done with that group, I have to think, don't you? I would think, unless they're going to bring back Breland. You know, the guy that we haven't talked about at all that we sometimes forget is still on the roster is DeAndre Baker. Uh, And that's going to be somebody who, you know, we'll have to see how his injury played out and, and if he's able to be fully recovered before training camp, but that's somebody that you have to remember is still on this roster and still has a chance of making this roster and, and really improving the play at that corner position. And maybe that's why they're not bringing Breland back. They know where Baker is right. uh, in his recovery. If he's going to be somebody that they're thinking can be a top four corner, why would you bring back Breland at that point? I, I think that's that's a very good point. This, they know where he is in his rehab, and that says a lot. I think he makes his roster either way, whether he's on the pup or not, I think is what it comes down to. Right, And that way, if they do run into some, another piece of talent, if a guy, uh, maybe somebody that, that gets cut um, either between now and camp or early in camp, maybe that they feel has upside over what they have depth-wise, there's another acquisition. But the fact that they signed a wide receiver as well, yes, you have to have enough guys to catch passes in camp. That's for certain. But I just feel like, like Brett Feach said the other day, that he's always churning the bottom of the roster. Like they're always improving that. I feel like there's a there's room for some of these receivers to come and go from the bottom of this roster here in the next three months before we're done with camp. No, absolutely. And I really do think that they're going to be looking at other positions as well as wide receiver. Wide receiver is one of those things where with as deep as this wide receiver class was this year, there is definitely going to be some guys that are going to be released that maybe they didn't think were going to be available Does Kansas City try to make a move to go get somebody like that? Because you still have cap space you can free up with Tyron Matthew. So you know that that's going to be something that you can do. So maybe that's going to be something they're going to look into. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do think that maybe they're going to be looking at other positions. Line seems pretty set now at all positions. So I can't really see them bringing in an offensive lineman. Uh, I I think you can kiss any chance of Fisher or Schwartz coming back goodbye, uh, personally, at this point. Uh, and then you start looking at other positions. Running back, they brought in Jarek McKinnon. Mm-hmm. I think he actually has a chance at making the roster and really giving you a similar player to uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's not the same, obviously, but similar in a lot of ways. Uh, and then you start looking at other positions. Okay, well, they have a fullback on the roster. They got a tight end, too. So more than likely, they're not going to go at that position uh, unless – you know, maybe Zach Ertz becomes available. Yeah. And not for a trade, right? That's got to be a release scenario. Yep. Yeah, because they're not going to trade for that contract. Right. And, and then you start getting to other positions. Okay, really the only position that I see on this roster that I could think that they could still be trying to improve, at least in my mind, you could look at linebacker, but that's going to be tough with your depth that you already have right now. 
uh, in two draft picks there. So the only other position is really defensive end. And those guys generally are going to be coming available at any point because generally teams are going to keep as many pass rushers as they can. Yeah. If you're going to get a D end, you're going to likely get him right before the season starts. You're, you're right there, but I will say this too. There's always exceptions because there might be some part time players that get out there. And well, that's I, true. I think the Chiefs are in a position where a pass rush specialist, uh, not a guy that just at the edge on first and second down, a third down only kind of guy might be something they take a chance on just to see what they can get out of this rotation. Yeah, no, I can see that. Uh, it's just, it's really going to depend on what they're able to find and, and who is going to be out there and win. I really do think that they're probably set at most of their positions on the roster. Uh, wide receiver is another one that I would say that they should be looking at. And we kind of already talked about it, but I will say with all the wide receivers, and I know I said this once with all of them that came out in the draft and all of them that were drafted, there's likely to be somebody there that can step in and play X for a year yeah, or two if they want to go that way. And so it would not shock me to see a different starting set at a wide receiver other than across from Tyree kill. The question is, who's it going to be? I have no idea, but we obviously know that they wanted to upgrade that position because they tried to go after Juju Smith Schuster uh, and they tried after a couple of other guys. So, you know, they could be looking at the waiver wire to get a wide receiver and they have ways to make cap space just by signing Tyron Matthews an extension. Yeah. And that's a good point. And, I'm glad that you bring up Juju because when you look at him in terms of size, build, et cetera, like he and Cornell Powell are not that different in terms of right. their physical dimensions. So um, I know there's been a lot of confusion out there. Um, Cornell Powell is not six foot two. He is six foot oh oh two in the way that they're measured at pro days. That's six foot and one eighth of an inch, folks. So it's it's not what it sounds like in terms of like being on par with Demarcus Robinson. Like he has the bigger body, the longer arms, et cetera. But I agree with you. Like he's a guy that could squeeze in there. I think the competition is good. I think Fortson, Callaway. I mean, you can go lots of different directions with that. So we could even see somebody like Maurice French come back up. There's guys on the, the practice squad that I think still have potential. It's going to be a good battle, but I don't know that they're done there either. I could see some churn, especially in the lead up to camp. We'll see who shows up for some of the veteran camps, uh, see if anybody's released. And then I don't think the UDFA's set in stone is either, especially as we've seen this kind of drag out in terms of the process of getting them on the roster. I think that says that maybe it's not set in stone and we could see some overturn there as well. Yeah, I think it's interesting that they haven't announced. Usually by now that we would already know who is going to be on the UDFA list. And there are still usually, I don't know, what, three to five moves between now and training camp. Maybe a few more, depending on where you think your roster's at. But right now, like I said earlier, I think we're pretty much at a point where outside of maybe two position groups, you're probably done looking uh, outside of possibly D end and uh, wide receiver, unless you're bringing back Breland, I think that you're sitting there probably pretty good at most positions. Yeah. And honestly, you're you're looking at a 54-man roster this year because you're probably keeping, what, nine linemen? Because you can have eight active on game day. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> and honestly, we've already talked about it, but how are they going to keep all the linemen? They've got eight, 16 or 18 on the roster right now, and I, I just I don't know how they're going to keep the ones they need to keep or keep all the ones that they want to. Yeah, it's going to be a challenge. We'll see how they, they boil it down. There could be some moves coming there as well. Um, but I will say one other thing. If something materializes, like 
It sounds like Fisher's going to get signed either way. But with Mitch Schwartz in particular, I I know he said the last week on on radio and Casey that he's open to returning when he's healthy. I don't know that that is a foregone conclusion that that won't happen. I just wonder if it has to be at least a year from here. You know what I mean? Well, maybe. I think it's going to be very hard uh, with his specific injury, with a back injury as an offensive lineman to come back from that. I think that's going to be very difficult. So, yeah, uh, I'm. I, I wish Mitch the best, and I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he's able to come back and play and do what he wants to do. But I just, I have a hard time believing that's going to be the reality. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to to see it happen, but I won't preclude it from it. So. That's where we're at today. We'd love to know what you think if you'd hit us at Locked On Chiefs and give us your comments on Twitter or leave them in the iTunes reviews. That's always a good spot. And for those of you that are worried about the iTunes, the feed is still working. Um, it, it isn't quite updating. There's been a lot going on with uh, with Apple itself. So just keep that up. Um, and I think it will work itself out eventually. So we appreciate your patience with we that. And, well, hey, knock on wood. <laughs> We appreciate your patience and we appreciate you listening today. We will be back with you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.